Every family has a way of doing things. A way they handle the big stuff and the small stuff. A way of thinking, doing, gathering, serving, being. A way that even from the outside walls they sometimes call home tells you who they are and what they stand for. We are South Hills. We are family. This is us. Yes, I love that last line. We are family. This is us. I grew up with a song that's, that said, We are family. Yeah, I just dated myself. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, um, and I, I, you know, one of the things about church, you know, you have all different types of church wherever you go. You have big mega churches. You have in-between churches. And you have smaller churches like us. And one of the incredible blessings and... Um, cool things about having a smaller church like us is that you can have relationships. You can actually have relationships. And so uh, I love being able to connect with everyone. I love being able to know people by name. I love being able to high five air, however you want to do it. But I love the fact that, that uh, it feels like family. Right? It feels like family. When somebody goes out to eat, all of a sudden an invitation goes out and, and now one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. Next thing you know, you have a church at a, a restaurant, right? And uh, it's just really cool ab- about that. And uh, we had our prayer circle uh, this morning and the opportunity where uh, Monica mentioned that if uh, there are things going on in people's world and we want to be able to pray with you. And so we, Monica and I truly give out our information freely, believing that if there's something that you are going through, uh, we want to be a part of that. We want to help. We want to pray for you. We want to connect with you because that's what family does, right? We, we, we laugh together. We cry together. We pray together. We eat food together. And some of us gain weight together. That's just what we do, right? Uh, so I love, I love this series. Um, I've been enjoying it. I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying this series. And, and it's funny because, you know, I, I've been with them in 16. And, um, and even though I've been with them for a season now, and I, there's no matter how many times I go through our core values, there's just something uh, that, that kind of ex- makes me excited about our core values. It's what we what we do as a church, right? The, the word of God is the word of God. You can't change it. It is what it is, right? But there's something about our core values that kind of pumps me up. It gets me excited because it's how we do church. For me to review uh, church, right? And this series has been an incredible blessing. Again, not only for me to review uh, what's going on, but also for those of you who may have had some questions about South Hills, may have been wondering why we do what we do. That's not the way I did it back at this church or I've never seen that before. And then now it gives you a new light. And we've been, we've been explaining in thorough what uh, what our core values are and why we do what we do. All right. So this is us. This is our series. This is how we explain 
who we are as a church and why we go out and do the things that we do and where we got these ideas from. We didn't just make them up. We didn't just have these little popcorn ideas and say, oh, yeah, I like that, or or we saw it from someone else. We actually, they, these ideas and these principles that, and these values uh, came out of the Word of God, and we actually just kind of, uh, kind of shaped it, molded it to fit us best as a church. So uh, we've given you six core values. Uh, and today is the next one. Uh, and today's value is we don't wait for someone else to reach our friends, right? We don't wait for someone else to reach our friends. Now, here's the thing. Everyone loves getting invited, right, to parties. Everyone loves, even the introverts love getting invited. They may not go to the party, but they love getting invited to the party. It's not even about whether they go or not. It's just really nice to be included. It's really nice to to know that someone thought about you, right? That someone said, man, I would love if the Peñas would come out to eat with me. I'm paying and I would love, right? Not the way anybody says that? I don't know, right? But it's really nice to be thought of, to be included, right? Uh, To know that someone wants you there, to be with you, to be, they want you to be a part of their thing. As pastors, it's hard to try to make everybody's invite, right? We, we, we try our best to, to, to go where we're invited and whatnot, but, but it's difficult. We can't make every kid birthday. We can't make, I have my own kid birthdays to go to, but it, it's, just, it's just difficult. But it's really cool to be invited. It's really cool to be thought of, right? On the flip side, there are a few things as brutally painful as getting left out. Anybody ever been left out, not included, to a, a birthday party? As a as a kid, right, like in a neighbor, I grew up, we called it a block, right, which means that it was one section from the opening to the closing, a bunch of buildings in between, and everybody knew everybody's business. There was always a lady on the window like this talking about everybody's business, right? She told that, it wasn't even her kid. She screamed at kids that weren't even hers, right? And so... It, living in a block, you knew everybody, and the moment somebody threw a birthday party, you knew, you know, little Billy was having a birthday party, and you didn't get that invite, and you just started kicking rocks. You were like, "Oh man, why didn't invite me? I, I wouldn't want to be invited, you know. I, I want to eat pizza, you know." And and you you just feel like, why wouldn't they invite you? Why wouldn't they include you, right? And so there is there's. There are a few things that brutally painful as getting left out of knowing everyone else is on is in on something and no one bothered to include you. These moments can leave us wondering what's wrong with us. You start smiling, <laughs> you, you start thinking about, you know, did I did I offend someone? Did I not do something right? What did we do? Why were we left out? Was it something I said? Was it something I did? There was actually a research a research study published in the Science Magazine that demonstrated that feeling left out triggers physical pain sensors. Think about that. When you are not included in something, it triggers physical pain sensors. In other words, it means that it hurts. It hurts when you are not included. Sometimes it's about being outside of the circle, which is social, And sometimes it's about being left out of the loop, right? 
which is informational. Like, they just skipped you when they were giving out the news. Ever feel like you're the last to find out something crucial? Like, I, I come from a Hispanic family because we love the phone. Like, that's how we pass information on, right? And if you didn't find out that someone went to the hospital, you were offended. Like, why wouldn't they call me? And you get on the phone and you're like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me that? Right? And 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 you start feeling left out. Like that moment no one told you about that that new great restaurant that just opened up. Anybody ever felt like that? I get left out. When somebody eats somewhere and doesn't tell me that you had a good experience. Right? Or the new Netflix series or the best nail lady. I think of Jane every time because Jane promotes her nail lady like this no tomorrow. So if you ever need a nail lady, see Jane, she knows, right? Ever ask someone why they didn't tell you or include you in some information? And they said something like, well, I, I just didn't think that you would like it. Now you're speaking for me? Now you're telling me what I like and don't like? Or I didn't know you really cared about that? Or, or uh, it, like, I didn't think it was your kind of thing. And that kind of like bothers us, right? It bothers us that someone wants to speak on our behalf. And there was maybe part of you that wished that they would have would have let you make that decision. Allow you to say no, or no, I'm not interested, or no, I'm, I'm booked, or I have made other plans. Well, there's a story that Jesus tells of an extravagant party going on with an exclusive list of VIPs. And um, like most parables, it doesn't go the way we we think it should go. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 23. This is the parable of the great banquet, right? Verse 15 says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it would be to attend the banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Verse 18, but they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Verse 22, after the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Now, this story right here, this story right here is a thinly veiled metaphor about the king, the kind of uh, king God is the, and the lengths that he'll go in order to show them that everyone is welcome. You see, 
God, God is an includer. He's an includer who invites everyone to his party. He invites everyone to the table, including those who are unlike you. And he also includes those you like and those that you do not like. You see, God is an includer. He includes people that that you may not ever want to invite to your party, that you may not ever want to invite to go to, to eat dinner with you. He includes them. He's inviting He's inviting you to, uh, uh, but God, here's the thing. God is not just inviting you to the party, right? He's inviting you to invite others to the party. He's giving you a plus infinity, right? And he wants you to take full advantage of this perk because membership in the kingdom has his privileges. So don't matter. doesn't matter if my mom or my dad my brothers or sisters, my auntie, my uncle. Right? It doesn't matter if they come to church or not. It doesn't matter if my coworkers, my neighbors, my best friends, right, the people I do life with, it doesn't matter if they come to church. God rose. As long as I go to church, it's good. But that's not how God rose. That's not how God does things. He's inclusive. He wants you to invite others. Would be some great preacher or a great theologian or holy roller, right, who lives perfectly and has it all together and has all the answers. No, he he's just asking you to invite. Some of us feel like, oh man, because I'm a Jesus follower, I need to know the Bible in and out, and, and that is going to be the, the standard. But the truth of the matter is, is that there is more to it, and God is simply asking you not to be a holy roller, but instead to invite others, to love on others, to care for others and invite them. You don't have to convince, coerce, or convert anyone. That's not what the word of God is about. You don't have to convince, coerce, or convert. You just got to invite them to the party. You just got to invite. In fact, it's not really a suggestion. It's not really a suggestion. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it talks about going and making disciples. It talks about going out and connecting with people and making sure they get to hear and know about the gospel. And so my question this morning is, when was the last time you invited someone to the party? So I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to ask you, when was the last? No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. People were already starting their cars. <laughs> they were ready to go, right? But think about that. When was the last time you invited someone to the party? Think about that. And I'll follow that question up with, why haven't you invited someone to the party? Why haven't you invited someone to experience the things that you have experienced? To come and understand the things that you have come to understand. I'll take a crack at it and say that the reason we don't invite people to the party, right, is because we 
already imagine and anticipate all of the excuses that we're going to get. Am I, am I close? Right? We, we kind of, we oh, I'm not going to invite souls because they're going to say no. They always say, the, you know, they, they always say they can't do it or they got plans. They're going to go to so-and-so's house. They got a barbecue. They're going to go on a trip. They got work to do, right? We, we already imagine the excuses that someone is already going to give us. And the same was true in Jesus' day, though. In fact, the same is true inside this parable that we just read. We've got places to go and people to see and things to do. And that's why we cannot go to the party. Verse 18 says, I have places to go. I just bought a field and and I must go and see it. Verse 19 says, I have things to do. I just bought an oxen, right? And, 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 And I need to try them out. I need to see if they're healthy. Verse 20 I have people to see. I just got married and and my wife is beautiful and, you know, you know, right? Some of you are catching on. You're shrewd people out there. Friends, your job isn't to predict their answer, but to simply ask the question. Simply ask the question. Let people say no for themselves. Because truth is, it's a 50-50 thing. They may not say it. We were in Georgia, and for whatever reason, Maddie's college is still taking coins for laundry. I'm going to pray for them. And, um, And my wife said, we can't leave Georgia without getting Madison rolled headquarters for the year. Um. But uh, that's not the point here. The point is that Monica said on the last day in, in, in Georgia, she said, we need to go get coins. So let's go to the bank. So we go to the bank, right? And every some people know there's a shortage in coins and everybody wants, you know, every, the whole thing with the coins. And so Monica says, let's go to the bank. And we go to the bank, we drive through, and Monica gives me a wad of money to give to the lady. And I'm like, what do you want? Like, you really want me to ask for this much quarters? She goes, yes. And I said, took two bills and I said, can I get this many quarters? Because I already assumed the lady was going to say no, right? And so she, so I gave her the money and she was like, I can't, how much money do you actually, quarters do you actually need? And I was, I got nervous. So I was like, oh, she's going to tell me no. And I already assumed that. So in one hand, I have the rest of Monica's money. The other hand, I have like $20, right? And like, she can't say no to 20 and she gave me the quarters, right? And we were out there. So Monica goes, why'd you do that for? And I'm like, I got quarters. That's what you asked me to do. She says, no, I needed you to give her all the money. I said, she's not going to give you all that quarter. She goes, did you ask her? How did you know? So I quit crying. I stood driving. <laughs> so needless to say, we went to several, or we went to one more. And I said, here, babe, I'm tired of driving. You drive. Because there was another drive through bank. And sure enough, Monica Took off her mask. Can I get, she just gave all the money. Can I get this many quarters? She gave the corner, put a thing, got all the, we're walking like this through school with all these quarters. So, point of the story, let them say no. Right, babe? I learned. I learned. I learned. You see, we often project on other people their disinterest in God. 
We often say, you know what? They're not going to be interested. They're not going to need God. They're not going to want to go to church. And right at that point, we've already made the decision what they are going to do. And we hate when people do that to us. We soak, we get mad when people tell us that I don't like pizza. How do you know? You never asked me. I love pizza. Right? But we, we, we kind of assume and we place that disinterest in someone else. Don't let your fear become their no. Right? Don't let your feel of, of what they might say become your no. Don't let their excuse become your excuse for not inviting them. If you invited them once, do it again. Keep doing it until they more love than they have excuses. Because love is greater than any excuse. I kept going after her. It would take me a year before she kissed me. But we kept going at it until eventually, like Steve Urkel, I'm wearing you down. Right? Let have more tenacity and more love than they have excuses. Believe that people around you need God as much as you do and that they're as desperate as you are to find him. Because in God is where we find forgiveness. In God is where we find hope. In God is where we find joy. In God is where we find love. In God is where we find peace. Right? Those are the five things that most people are out in this world are looking for. Why wouldn't we want to connect people to the supplier of these things? Listen, there are people in your life right now who are searching for God but have no idea who to talk to. There are people in your circles, whether that be family members, whether that be co-workers, whether that be people in your community, people that you wave to and say hi to, people that you actually care for that are in need of something right now that the only person that can supply their need is God. And they're just waiting for someone, for some miracle to take place. And that miracle is for you to connect them to God. There are people that you know right now that are in need of hope, peace, love, and joy. And they're waiting for someone to step up and help them. Here's the here's thing. They actually don't know that it's Jesus or God who supplies their needs. They don't know. They think that, that it is a, another individual. They think that it's more money. They think it's a bigger house. They think it's a, a newer car on social media. They think it's a purse. It's a, a pair of shoes. Though they make you feel good. But that is not the end result of who supplies what they desire most. And until we kind of figure this out, folks, until we kind of understand that, we're going to be answering for people no, they don't want to go to church. No, they don't need God. No, they don't need Jesus. Because, oh, we see them in a, in a bigger house, or they're in a better car, or they're, they're eating at these restaurants. But deep down inside, they're being tormented. Deep down inside, they have no peace. Deep down inside, they don't know what love is. But you do. Each and every single one of us here does. 
Imagine that if each and every single one of us had a reach of just three people. There's probably about 40, 50 people here today, right? If each and every single one, three times that, it's 150 people experiencing who God is and what he's capable of doing. In this story, the servants knew that the master cared whether the house was full or not, right? The servants knew that the master cared that his house, whether his house was full or not. And at South Hills, we are definitely about community and connecting and loving each other. But we're always going to be a place where there's an empty seat at the table. If you ask my leadership team, we'll tell you again, we're going to continue to figure out how to get more people in here. We're going to continue to figure out how to get people, whether it be a, another parking spot or another tent spot or another seat under the big tent. We're going to continue to try to figure out because we want to make sure that there's always room for someone else. The master says, go until my house is full. Go out, keep inviting, keep bringing people until my house is full. Church, God never settles for anything less than everyone. And because of that, neither will we. God never settles until everyone, and neither will we. That's why our seventh core value is we don't wait for someone else to reach our friends. Because we, we ourselves will do it. Here's the thing. As much as I am one nosy pastor, right? As much as you post your stuff on social media, I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to go comment. I'm going to like it, right? But I can't reach the same people you reach. I can't connect with the same people, the circle of friends and the family, uh, family members that you have. I can't. I could chime in, give my two cents. That just me being nosy. The truth for the matter is, is that those are your friends. Those are the people that you have relationships with. And you need to invite them. So let me wrap this up this morning. In this text, they use the word urge, right? Urge. Go out into the country. Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. This word urge something. To persistently try and persuade, right? Try is, is one, right? You try and you make sure. And so... Have you really tried to urge someone to come to the party? Have you really tried to uh, persistently and persuade someone to come with you? Because I think there's, there's not a hand in here. If I ask the question, how many people know someone that you care about that you know they need Jesus, that they need, they need to experience what Jesus can only provide. I think every hand would be raised.
I encourage you this morning to whatever you need to do to win them through love. Do whatever you got to do. If you got to buy them an extra taco, if you got to buy them an extra slice of pizza, if you got to take them out somewhere, if you got to go to their house and even though you don't like their food, do what you got to do. Because guess what? You'll get over the food. But will they get over never knowing who their Savior is? Do whatever you need to do to win them through love. Don't just invite with your words, right? Hey, you want to come to church with me? No? Okay, thank you. And you walk away. Don't just invite them with words. Let your life and the way you live and the way that you care and the way that you love speak for itself. Oh, well, pastor, you know, I don't know about that. Well, then we need to check how you're living. We need to check how you're loving. We need to check how you're caring because if someone doesn't see a difference in you who knows Jesus, who's been coming to Jesus, who've accepted Jesus, right? Then why would they ever come to church if they don't see a difference between you and them? There has to be a difference. I don't care what anyone says. There has to be a difference between you who knows Jesus, who's given your heart to Jesus and has allowed Jesus to take full authority over your life and is ordering your steps than from someone who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah, they may have more more money. They may have more resources. But what you have inside, the way you live, the way you love, the way you care, what God has done inside of you has to speak for itself. And when you walk, people have to see a difference inside of you. People have to say, man, there's something different about it. I've said this before. When I first met my wife, we're going to brag on my wife today, right? When I first met my wife in college, I I wasn't a believer. I didn't know anything about who God what really was, right? But when I saw her, I said, man, she's beautiful. She has everything going on. But there's just something I can't put my finger on. There's just something about her that that just has the X factor. I don't know what it is, but I want to get to know her more. I want to be around her more because there's something special about her. So here we are in our relationship 27 years later. And the Jesus that she knew and she loved and she allowed in her life has taken care of me has loved me and brought peace and hope and joy and love you see this we don't make this up Disney cannot write this This is something that only God orchestrates and he freely gives it to everyone. It's freely available. But if we don't get out of our comfort seat, if we don't stop speaking for other people, if we don't go out and show the love and the care of of Jesus, then no one else would know about our God. Church, there's someone in the sphere of your life right now that is desperate to say yes to Jesus. There's someone in your world, whether that be a family member, whether that be a a co-worker, whether that be a neighbor, or someone that you do life with, that is in need 
of being invited to the party. has put them in your path so that you can invite them to the party. So invite them. Invite them. So what? They'll say no. So what? They said no. Did that hurt you? Did it cause you affliction? Did you bleed? Were you sent to the hospital? Did it stop you from coming to church? No. No. It was just no. My Noah has been inviting her school friends for the last few months now to come to church with her. Yeah, she wants to see them because she can't see them. She can't be with them. She can't hang out or play in the playground with them. But she knows. She knows that her friends want to be invited. And we keep encouraging her to keep inviting, regardless of what they say. Regardless of they got to go to grandpa or grandma's or go eat dinner at 7 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You keep inviting. And eventually you'll be like your dad. You'll wear them down. So get to urging, folks. Invite your family, invite your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, and even the people that you don't like. Invite. Bring them. Bring them next week. We want to suck the blood out of... No, we need blood. Right? We need blood. We got popsicles for them. We want to love on them. We want to introduce them. to the greatest relationship they will ever have in Jesus Christ. Amen.